Listener Production. You are listening to episode 194 of the Howie Games Part B featuring Daniel Laidley. Do not forget Stan's wonderful new documentary, Daniel Laidley, Two Tribes. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Okay, we are now about to move into some very heavy topics. So once again, this is just a heads up that you will now hear in-depth conversations revolving around mental health issues and drug use. On we go. You mentioned depression. Now, these are questions that become very personal, but how does depression manifest in you? What does depression mean to you, Daniel? Uh, Depression to me, um, best described as um, when you get those dark, grey, cloudy Melbourne days and... You don't want to get out of bed or you can't get out of bed or you have no energy or you have no emotion and you can't see light at the end of the tunnel. That's depression. Um, and that can last for a day, two days, three days. Um, you know, I've spent a week in bed and I've slept 20 hours a day for those uh, for that week, week at a time where in, in its darkest times. Um, but what you do and with the people and support from all facets of my life and my, and my psych, you start to build now over the last three years um, strategies to when those clouds are rolling in mm-hmm. or and it's quite dark or you feel yourself going down the side of a, a hill and you can't pull the handbrake on. And some days you can try anything and you just keep going and it's greyer and greyer and darker. And this this still goes on pretty much every day. You have this but you, every day. But you have, but what you do is you have um, strategies where you can pull that handbrake on and you just, and you can just, just stay level and you can accept that the clouds may be dark today but tomorrow they're going to be gone. So you might win 28 days out of a month, um, but a couple of days of the month, you might feel like that. Um, but I now know that those feelings are going to pass and I, I can't control them, just let them pass and, you know, try and um, take some little steps to look after yourself through, through those, those periods of time. Athletes and you were lauded for courage, you know, running back in the flight with famously in the in the grand final and standing in front of Tony Lockett. Now, you know, you know, North people will love you forever for that. Yeah. Um, that that's one form of courage. You talk in "Don't Look Away" your book about the first times you contemplate and then actually dress as yourself and leave your home when you are, well, when you're the coach of an AFL team. Mm. And I got anxiety reading those because you don't know what's coming on the next page, Danielle, mm. in your story. And you, you put yourself in that position knowing that the, the high profile role you had mm. and what you're living through to step out that door. I can see you're taking a deep breath now. How do you um, step out the door and what, what was it like? Because you have to. There's no choice. There's no choice. That's a good answer. There's no choice. 
So then how do you do it? A lot of anxiety, a lot of should I, shouldn't I, what's the repercussions? Um, what's, even, what's the repercussions in your mind? Oh, getting found out, getting caught out, getting um, someone coming up to you and saying something. Right. Uh, I, I don't think this was in the book or even the doco. I, I remember one night going out um, and I'd always plan my route, which way I was going to go, okay, so if you go this way, what's the what's the consequences there? But, you know, it's better to go on the freeway. Is it, so I, to um, minimise chance of discovery. Yeah, yeah. Um, Far out. And I, I remember um, coming off at Montague Street, one night and went through onto Canterbury Road to go down towards St Kilda. And so I come around the corner, bang, there's a booze bus. And can you imagine my, the, the fear? So I've sort of flipped the visor over to the uh, oh, driver's as if, window. As if the sun's coming in from the right. Yeah, yeah okay. like that. Yeah. Um, and um, I was thinking, please let it be. Um, a lady, please let it be a lady, please let it be a lady. And it, it was. A lady policewoman. Yep. So you come to their stop with the thing and you're blowing it. Um, and I think she realised straight away, um, you know, that I may have been um, transgender. Um, she says, do you have any ID? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone. Um, no. I don't. I'm sorry. She goes to have any a bill in your car or anything, right? And I'm thinking straight away. I'm thinking, does she know? Does she know who it is? And she's just she's just trying to tick the box and right on your thing, way, you know. And then I eventually found a um, a bill, and it, but it just had had just had D lately on it. Okay, um, and I just showed it. On your way. The anxiety you must have been feeling. Yep. And again, um, another, um, I, I remember the old Greyhound Hotel. Mm-hmm. I used to go there a bit. Not all the time. And so when I'm, when, when I'm, when, when I'm talking about this, it's not like I'm going out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Like it might have been three or four times a year, mm-hmm. you know, because the planning and preparation, like to disappear off the face of the earth for a night it's not that simple. Especially when you're so high profile. Yes. I remember going out um, one time to the greyhound and the lights the lights come on and um, I hear this voice. Now we can see who you really are. Like, and it's just like, you know, so it's like grab your bag, like you're just getting out of there. And then when, so when, when, when those, these, um, situations would happen, my anxiety would be, like, so bad and then it was like, you get home, never doing that again, never, ever, that's it. The next day you're planning the next uh, whatever. So what does that do to your physical health, your mental health, your being, your whole person that... One part of your life mm. is Dean Laidley, senior coach of the Kangaroos. Mm. 
but you are Danielle Laidley. Mm. What does that do to you inside? Because I could, this is, yeah. and this is what everybody says, all your mates in the doco when you go back and talk to Adam Simpson and Spider Burton and in, in Two Tribes and, and Drew Petrie and they're like, how did you manage to live like this for 40 years? Oh, I don't know. Um, you, do, you do what you need to do. But what does it do to you? Uh, I, I, it, um, it makes you soulless in a way. There's a lot of self-sabotaging in there. What does that mean? There's my self-sabotaging was two, two main things. Um, my being a workaholic in my playing and coaching career to try and balance up little Danielle. And then when my career wasn't there, you know, and I think Anthony says this in the, um, uh, in Two Tribes where, um, you know, about the drugs. So, you know, if anyone did know me or know of me, I was that dead set against drugs. But unfortunately, it doesn't pick and choose, and it got me at 48 years of age. Um, after I left the AFL, so in, when I – there was nothing to stick my head into. You know, I had my weekends free. All of a sudden, I'm consulting. Um, it's – I'm doing it on the bit. Um, there's no pressure. I'm starting to emotionally um, transition and then it got hold of me for 12 or 14 months, you know, I think it was. Um, what does that mean, if you don't mind me asking? What does, for you, I asked you what depression means for you. These are, yeah. these are big topics now. What does, yeah. you choose to answer this as you want to, Daniel. Yeah. What, what does drug use and addiction mean to you? Um, so when I first got introduced to it, it was a one-off thing. And, and as soon as I had it, though, I thought, oh, no, that's it. You, I, I, I knew I was, like, done. Because of the way it made you feel? Yeah. You knew there was going to be a problem coming, yep. but you can't stop yep. it. And, and, and I basically knew that all my life because of the, the, the disease of addiction in, in the Laidley family. Not through drugs, mind you, uh, but through alcohol. Very addictive personalities. Right, 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 all the way through from my great great grandfather. So, how, um, did, how did it make you feel that you knew this feeling was going to be a concern? Um, there's no care. There's, you don't, you're not worried about anything. Your anxiety goes. You can be who you want to be. Um, it started off quite slow. It was like once every you know, three weeks, and then what happens is it, then it becomes once a week. Then it becomes twice a week, and then it becomes three times a week, and then it got to the point where I'm not sleeping. I, I, I think in the year early 2019 to when it became public, I reckon I would have slept less than 100 nights out of 365 nights. There you go. Does that tell? What does that tell you? Far out. So you missed 260 nights of sleep in a year. Yeah. So no chance to recuperate, no. to heal, no, to rest. Mind going, like, not good for body, not... Terrible. Can, can I ask you one specific question? And this is a concern for all of us now. And, and I remember hearing about this for the first time, ice, as a surfer and reading a magazine article after 
Andy Irons, the triple world champion, passed yep. away. Um, and he was from Kauai. And there was an interview with some locals in Kauai and they were talking about this drug that was decimating the Hawaiian Islands. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard of it. And now it's decimating our communities. Mm-hmm. And the obvious question for someone that has no compulsion to take mm-hmm. a substance is what does it do? Like why why has this drug crept around the whole world and wreaked havoc and destruction? Um, is that a fair question? Yeah. Um, so initially. Yeah. So and, and I can still remember the very first time that um, I had it, which wasn't even in Australia. It was in the US. How do you take it? Uh, you, you smoke it. Okay. Like in a glass in a pot, okay. And and I remember having it and it actually sat in my hotel room for like a week because there was other things to to take and do. Um and the the it was the the last night I was there, um I was going to a um a fantasy um Halloween ball. And um so the afternoon of that I thought Got it, going home tomorrow. And I had just the tiniest little bit that blew my head off. What does that mean? Well, like, what does that mean, blew your head off? Just, just going through your body, woof, woof, like, like that, like for hours, 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 hours. And just from that little bit, I never slept until like, Three days later, till I got back, just from that. I, even on the plane and everything, like I'm like wired, right. thinking, "Oh my god!" But then what happens is you crash um, if you don't continue to to have it. But I, I can honestly say now, looking back at it, yes, it was that, but it was never the same after that. You always were chasing that same euphoric. Um, so that's feeling. that's the euphoria of it. We need to balance it out by now explaining, Daniel, what it does to you as a person, the, um, the euphoria aside. Yeah, it's the devil. It will take your soul and it doesn't matter where you come from in society. And don't forget Howie. So mine, my, the reign of ice over me was very short compared to some other people who aren't so lucky, mm-hmm. you know, um... So you don't sleep and then it messes with your mind. Then you have psychosis Mm -hmm. and then you don't eat. But then you can, if you have it enough, you can learn to eat. So, and with ice, see with ice there's no finishing line. You can just keep going. You literally can, can keep, can keep going. You don't Um, sleep, you just. And then you isolate yourself. So then all of a sudden I've isolated myself leaving the AFL. I've isolated myself with my gender dysphoria and I've isolated myself through my drug use. And then it got to the point in a very short space of time that I was too embarrassed to ask for help through that because it wasn't me, you know, that... Um, people would just be horrified to know that this person that I knew would cross the tracks, so to speak, 
and end up this way. So I, I was just in this bubble and became, you know, mentally, you know, pretty unwell um, through that period of time. So it came to the public's knowledge. You talked about way back looking at the penthouse or the Playboy and the Bond girl being exposed in the newspaper. Mm. It came to the public's knowledge through the police and the photos. Victoria Police has suspended a senior constable for leaking photos of Dean Laidley in custody. The former North Melbourne coach is facing stalking charges, but the sharing of his mugshot has been slammed as an appalling breach of privacy. And it's funny, I went back and, you know, as the closing credits of the docker comes up, it talks about that there was no charges laid against the police. I, I, I don't need to go into that mm. with you. I, I just presumed that people were disbarred and faced criminal proceedings. I, I'm not a lawyer. I, I, mm. I couldn't understand that that hadn't happened. The, the reason I bring that up is how do you walk out the door and face the world, which is what you have done, mm. with the swirl of all that and then you are on the front page of the paper? Mm. Yeah, it was horrific. It was you know, a, a lot of things have happened to me in my life and I've, you know, stood up and dealt with them as best I could. Um, what, once it broke like that, the people I most felt for were my family and, and close friends because the reality was, and these are Kane's words. Um, this is your son. Dad, it's a firestorm out here and I'm... That conversation was I was in prison at that point. Um, so the so being in prison for the the nine days. What's prison like? Uh, it's such a horrible question, but it's like what is it like to be incarcerated? I was in for nine days, and the reason why I was in for nine days is my lawyer at the time. We were going to apply for bail the next day um, and we got allocated a certain magistrate and they said, no way, we're not facing that magistrate. So the next time they could get another hearing was nine days. So um, so is it like a, a, a prison or a, a romance? Like, it was, to be, it was, to a, be honest, it was a Melbourne assessment prison. Because you um, hear these names on the news yeah. but you don't, I know you identify them because of the the mm. wonderful work you'd been doing within mm. the correction service and, and, and coaching people. And that was another thing. You know, I was so embarrassed when here I am. I'm a mentor to a lot of these people who are working in this particular prison right through the GM and then I'm incarcerated coming in in handcuffs and it was very, very embarrassing. Is, um, it, is, it, is it frightening? Is it, is it soul-destroying? Like, what's it like to have your freedom taken away? So I hadn't slept for nine days prior to that. So for nine I was, days? Yeah. So I was pretty um, – I, I can still remember everything, but, um, you know, with everything that was happening, it was like, oh, my God. Can I ask you just one more question on that? Yeah. So you obviously hadn't slept because you'd been mm. high. Mm. So then I presume with when you're incarcerated, you can't have any access to any drugs. No. So, so you called it the devil. What's it like when it's coming out of your system? Um, but you see the movies and people are yeah. sweating in the corner. Yeah. So if I go back to... Is this conversation okay? Yeah, 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 it's fine. 
Fine. Um, I, I can go back to getting transported to the prison, going in and opening the, opening the door for me. The first people I see is five or six people that I've had in my leadership courses. Um, that you've been a mentor to. Yeah. And I will take my hat off to them that they uh, brought me in, sat me down straight away, and the first thing they said to me was, what would you like it to, uh, us to call you? Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. There's a good dose of humanity. Yeah. And then, so from there, I got put into um, the, uh, the psych ward at the top of the prison, which I'd been to many times up and down through the whole prison. Um, so I was put into the psych ward for, for nine days. So a mattress, a blanket which you could not uh, bend because of, um, it was on my records that um, I just self-harmed about 10 days before. And so it's to prevent you doing damage to yourself. Yeah. Okay. So then I had, um, I was naked and had basically um, a smock on with Velcro on the shoulders and that was your clothing. Uh, there was a basin and there was a toilet. Yeah. So for the nine days, for the first six, I probably slept 18 hours a day and then cried for the other six. And then after that, I started to not come good. Um, I was able to then talk to Kane and Anthony Stevens on the phone and my lawyer and, and stuff like that, yeah. So a journey back to sobriety is the word, yeah? Yep. A journey back to sobriety and rehab, which could be a four-part podcast, I would imagine, Danielle, um, down in Geelong, my part of the world. If... If people are in this situation and they're, people listen to this that are gripped by these mm -hmm. things. Of course. And they will end up in a, in a rehab facility. Mm -hmm. What's the key, and you talked about you had a couple of goes at it, you, you, you mm -hmm. did your rehab and then um, you ended up back in rehab. Mm -hmm. you, I know it's the term relapse. You, you took drugs again mm -hmm. from a you know, basic point of view. What's the key to succeeding in a rehab environment? Getting down to do the work. So I was initially supposed to go in for four weeks and then you go to a transition house for I think another five. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up doing over 20 weeks through that period of time and there was one relapse in there because um, the night I got caught there was, um, there was drugs in my car and then when the police came around the corner with the flashing lights, I just grabbed them off the off the dash and shoved them down between my seat um, and they didn't search my car. And then once I got out of rehab after all this period of time, I don't know, I was I went to a 7-Eleven one night and I walked back out and I thought, because I asked someone to clean my car out, make sure you clean under the seats. Like I went the whole car cleaned. Yep, yep, yep. So then one night I just thought, are those bags still in there? Uh-huh. From the initial arrest. Yep. So I've got down, put the torch, bang, there they were. And, and at that moment, is this, oh, fuck, they're there, or oh, fuck, they're there? Um, both. Um, and what's really interesting, when I went to the transition house, which wasn't too far from where I lived, three-minute drive, mm. um, when, you, when, you, when I first came out, so with the transition house, you come and go as you please, but, you know, 
even at night and stuff. You know, a lot of the times I would walk past or drive past certain apartment buildings, houses, which would give me really high anxiety because that's where yep. you might have got stuff from. So you, going back into rehab, first you've got to understand people drink or drug or gamble or have a disease of addiction, which is, which is a disease, and it's generally because you're unhappy or you can't deal with certain things in your life. So you self-sabotage, you, that, that's what you go to. Once you understand that it is uh, a disease of addiction, then you need to understand that you need to take control of your life rather than let that drug, um, and there's only um, certain things that we can control and that's, you know, our, our behaviour um, and how we, we live our life. So you start to work through all these different steps, if you like, and it, it can be quite confronting to do that. So you're doing this, it, it's like you go to school during the day and then um, in the um, afternoons there's, you can go for a kick down, down the park and, with the footy or you can um, do a PT session. Actually, we, I can tell you a story. We went um, one afternoon, we went, we'd, some people would just walk down to the park and you do laps of the oval and we yeah. take a footy and anyway, we're, we're having a kick. And I'm about, so it's like kick to kick in the, yeah. you know, in the schoolyard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I've taken the mark about 30 metres out. Anyway, I've gone back, kicked this goal, and it's gone, like, straight through. <laughs> um, and um, you know, we weren't paying – there was this guy doing laps around the oval. Yeah. And he ran through the group in the goal square just as I kicked the ball. And, um, like, he's, he, he's, like, shouted out to the group as he's running through them, oh, gee, she's got a good kick on her, hasn't she? Right. <laughs> And everyone, everyone, like, is, like, rolling on the ground. Um, if this guy only knew, you, you know. That's a good story. Um, that this uh, is a kangaroo's premiership play. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it, was, so it, it wasn't all doom and gloom. We had some fun times in there, but it did change my life. And there's no, there's no question about it. Um, for me, the disease of addiction thing was much easier to get over yep. or, or work through because of the family history and everything like that and I was in a much better headspace. Um, what it did for me, though, is I spent a lot of weeks, months, peeling back the layers about me and my gender dysphoria and how I interacted with people and, you know, so it, it didn't, just changed my life in regard to, you know, addiction mm-hmm. and, and what it can do to your mind, body and soul. Um, but also my gender dysphoria and the person who I wanted to be um, and that. So that's why, yeah, it changed my life. Yeah. Back to Danielle shortly. Plenty of coaches have appeared on the podcast over the years, including one with a truly incredible record at the Melbourne Storm, episode 96. I'm, of course, talking about Craig Bellamy. His philosophies, very simple. His results, phenomenal. At times, people make our game too complex. Um, So I just think it's, for everyone involved, the more simple things are, the more simple we can make them, the more simple they can learn about what they need to know about. So instead of complicating things and... Because I find the complicated things usually are, 
are not the the complicated things are not the things that happen most often. It's the less complicated things that happen most often, and that's what you've got to be aware of. Not if something happened, you know, the, the, op- the oppositional. We've done, you know, two things within six, in, in six weeks. Well, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's not a, a common trait. You've got to find the common traits, you know, with our own team and with the opposition. Um, and simplify things for our players so they understand it, so that they're really clear. I don't want them going in there thinking, oh, is it that or oh, it might be this. At the end of the day, it's got to be really clear. And as I say, I I find I yeah you know, I operate a lot better when I look at things in a, in a simplified form, and I think most people do. That's Craig Bellamy on episode ninety six of the show. Let's get back to Danielle. So I, I, I got diverted when you were talking about Kane was speaking to you um, when you were incarcerated and we started talking about all sorts of other things. But I, we, I was talking about the courage to play football but then the courage to go out and face the world yep. in the midst of a firestorm. Do you look back and give yourself credit for getting through that period? Um, like what is courage to you in that situation? Yeah, Um I look back on on that probably two years and I've owned up to a lot of my own undoings and my own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And what I've been able to do is accept that I've made my, those mistakes and I've held myself accountable uh, to those and, and I've also been held accountable to the law um, and... I think anyone who can make a mistake and put their hand up and then move on um, with with empathy um, because when when people go through that, you, you leave a string of carnage behind in some way, shape or form, you know. Um, so with my family it was because of the public outing, um, then the drug use, um, then intervention order um, and I am – proud of the person that I'm, of who I am and who I'm am becoming and that's that's um, a work in progress. But I can't say that it's just been me. It's been um, a team of, of people and whether that's medical, friends, colleagues, uh, the AFL world, the rainbow community, particularly the transgender community, have all uh, played a, a very big part in that in some way, shape or form. And I think the way of, there's two reasons why I wrote the book and, and now the documentary is because the narrative and the storyline was so far from the truth um, initially and I wanted my story to be out there in my, my own words. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is to help people, whether it be questioning their uh, gender identity, their sexual orientation, whether it's mental health, disease of addiction, um, you know, or, and it may be them or someone that they know. Um, and so if, if that's courage, Howie, um, yeah, then that's me. That is courage. That is more courage than you displayed when I admired you as a <laughs> pin-up for skinny people. Yeah. Um, before, I, before we wrap this up and... I want to ask you about Donna. In Two Tribes, it's 
it's funny in a way. I don't know how you feel looking back at it when you've had, um, you've gone in for breast augmentation and you come out and you are still out of it with yep. the legal <laughs> medical drugs yes, required course. to yes. get you through the a painful situation. Yes. And, and Don is trying to shepherd you and, and you're, you know, you're, you're airy fairy. I don't even know. Well, I do know what the question is, but I don't know how to ask it. How have you approached changing your physical self mm. to be the real yep. Daniel. Um, yes, I've had the, the breast augmentation, which is in the in the documentary. Um, Looking great, by the way. Yep, thank you. Um, the hormone replacement therapy, which is now coming up to seven years, I think, six, seven years. Um you know, soften your face, less hair growth, um, you know, on your body, um, stuff like that. So, you know, there's there's so many procedures that you can have. Uh, you know, you have facial feminization surgery, which you shave your um, brow bone. Um, you can get your um, hairline um, brought down. You can get your nose done. You can get your chin Recontoured and your jaw shaved and your Adam's wow. apple shaved. Right. You can get voice therapy where they sew the lower end of your vocal cords together so you don't go as deep. Yeah, then okay. there's bottoms, you know, full um, SRS bottom surgery. Um, there's so many things you can do. But I'm, and some, some I have contemplated, and Donna and I discuss it regularly. Um, but at 56, you know, so facial feminization surgery um, for, and we've looked into it for the procedures that would be right for me. Yeah. It's a 12 hour surgery. Yeah, that's a lot of trauma on the body, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so we might look at bits and pieces in the future. Um, but in essence, I'm happy with who I am. And, you know, I, I could have still done now t- to this day, which I. Perhaps I've been a little bit lazy. Um, you can get, um, you know, voice therapy and change the pitch and the tone of your voice. But even that, you know, I think, well, you know, I'm me mm. and I'm happy with that. Mm. Um, yeah, so there is so many different uh, procedures that you can you can have done these days. I have yeah. no understanding. You've mentioned Donna a few times and she's, she's the, um, well, you're the star, but... She's the star of the doco as well. Um, <laughs> she's sitting out the back there. She's shaking her head, saying, "Yeah, I'm the star." I can yeah, see her of saying she's she the star. <laughs> what does uh, love mean to you, Danielle? Mm. Um, love with this person means that, and I'm going to talk for both of us here because I know it's right. Um, our love for each other and what it means to us is we can honestly and genuinely be ourselves. Donna's zany, crazy, loves a chat. Um, she can be the life of the party or, you know, she can be my wing girl. Um, and we can have a great time together. We share so many different interests uh, together and it's great to be able to uh, walk beside someone and, and hold their hand and give them a cuddle and enjoy what we're doing together, whether it's things like this and the documentary or whether it's, you know, we're walking down Scarborough Beach, um, boogie boarding in tow and, <laughs> you know, we're having mucking around on the waves. Um, you know, I think 
that's certainly um, our love and accepting that you can love um, another human being for, for who they are. And how is life for you currently? Uh, yeah, life's good. Um, we go from the extremes of um, this week and um, the next few weeks to, you know, getting back to Perth and being on Scarborough Beach and just working our business at home and spending time with uh, family and friends and it becomes a normal, quiet life, which we really enjoy. But then we also like to be involved in things like whether it's the documentary or the AFL or the AFL launch or the North Melbourne Football Club um, where we can tell our story, we can be seen particularly by the transgender community, which we think and they keep telling us that that is a very powerful uh, message for our tribe. And how is it when you are told that, when all the pain and anguish that you've been through over a long period of time when someone comes up to you and says, I read, I saw, I watched, I heard, and as a result, this has happened to me. Uh, It's very rewarding. And we are so blessed and so grateful that um, people come up and and tell us that and we, we will take the time whether it's on social media or, you know, um, being out and about and being stopped in the street, um, for people to say, just say thank you. Um, and sometimes they might even have to say anything. They might just be a little smile. Um, we're so grateful for that. Mm. I always finish this podcast the same way. It's normally a, a simple question, Danielle, but well, you choose which way you want to take it. I always say for the young people listening to this show, you've achieved tremendous success in your life is the way this question is normally rolled out. Mm -hmm. Um, Premiership footballer, a coach of a large group of people, then a mentor to a large group of people. For those wanting to achieve success in their life, Danielle Maylady, what advice would you give? Um, The first thing I'd say is be you. Carve out your own track, uh, your own path, I can certainly say it won't be as easy as if you want to go to a path that's been trodden before, mm-hmm. but the hard work creating your own path is um, is very worthwhile and you'll be so grateful for. The documentary is called Two Tribes. It is on Stan now. You need to watch it because as much as we've gone into depth here, there is a lot of things that haven't been covered in this conversation that are covered in the documentary. As I let you go, when will the kangaroos win their next flag? Probably in about November with the girls. (laughs) You might be right. That's a great answer. There you go. Thank you. Um, Thank you for coming on, but thank you for being so accepting of some direct and at times ignorant questions, Danielle. Um, I said I had some anxiety towards this. It's meant to be me calming your anxiety. I felt it was you calming my anxiety, so I appreciate that. Good luck with the documentary, and I hope to see you at the cricket over the summer. Absolutely awesome. Thank you. Thanks to Danielle. What you've heard is obviously part of a very complex story. I hope it continues for all involved to a happy ending. It made me think. Hopefully it makes you think also. Don't forget the documentary on Stan, Danielle Laidley, Two Tribes. If you could share this podcast with those you love, that'd be super cool. 
thanks to Tommy and Das who have been on fire keeping up with a pretty heavy workload. Until next time, with Dick Johnson, peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. try.